Hello and welcome back to the Tea Balance podcast. I'm Tori, holistic health and life coach and founder of Tea Balance, my coaching practice that helps people become the best versions of themselves by digging deep into every aspect of life. And this is my podcast where I chat to many incredible souls about all things balance, wellness, nutrition, stress, hypnotherapy, skincare, information, and much more. Today's episode is a Christmas special and the last in the series. Nothing brings me more joy than to welcome my friend and fellow coach, Alice Law, to the podcast. Alice is a coach who specializes in stress management and energy. While she has Reiki and coaching qualifications, she maintains it has been her most prominent life experiences of the past 10 years that have allowed her to have her own unique insights into coaching and stress management and her own way of thinking to help others. Her losses proceeded to come directly after one another. There were times when she felt like no stone was being left unturned. Alice found her happiness was quickly disappearing while being faced with various emotional and material difficulties at the same time. It was during this time that she realized something had to change and with the realization that everything else was out of her control, that something had to be her. Today we're uncovering how to cope with stress and how to talk and shake ourselves out of it. I also wanted to say before we get into the episode, please do hit subscribe and I'd be so grateful if you could share with your family and friends. Anyway, let's get to it and I hope you enjoy the episode. my friend welcome to the podcast oh, so excited to be here <laughs> I'm so happy to have you here and I'm so f- glad that I finally got you here it's been a really long time coming so welcome thank you <laughs> okay so do you remember a couple of years ago when we had dinner and it was I think it was about two years ago we went to Dishoom and we had this amazing conversation which I know changed so much well it was in a very pivotal time in your life and can you just enlighten everyone with what that conversation was god that was seems so long ago now doesn't it but it was such a like you say defining moment and I just had been to see I'd had a thoughts that maybe I wanted to be a coach and I wanted to put all the learning I'd done from my own life experience and getting myself out of stress into practice but I just didn't know how or why or what and I'd gone to see this healer in I think Dalston who's an amazing healer called Josie and she's very intuitive and she said to me you're at a crossroads internally and because I was gonna maybe do my jumpsuit line because I did fashion university and my old bosses who are amazing Russian guys were gonna give me some money for the startup of my jumpsuit line and she said to me you know you're at a crossroads internally and I was like "Mm." she goes you know which way you need to go and I was like oh my god in my head thinking how do you know I've literally got completely crossroads do I be a coach or do I do what I've said I've always going to do since I was seven and go that way anyway I left that healing and had to go to my sister had organized a dinner for her boyfriend's birthday and I was late and I wasn't going to come and she was like oh I think you should come no I think you'll enjoy it and I was like okay well I'm going to be late I've got this healing rushed there I was the last person to arrive sat down sort of flustered and late like hi sorry and sat down next to who then became my coach who I still work with on and off now a man called Tim and I sat down and he had this incredible energy and I was like what do you do and he was like I'm a coach and I was like oh my god I need to talk to you and anyway we worked together and had a meeting with him about like working together and the amount that he was going to be to work with was the exact amount that my bosses were going to give me to start up my jumpsuit line so crazy so I just saw that was such a sign and I was like wow okay okay let's do this (laughs) Oh my gosh, it's just so cool. I just remember having that conversation with you and thinking, 
duh, like, why would you not take that as a sign? Like, can you not see? And you were like, yeah, yeah, I can. But like, I'm still like, this is what I wanted to do for my whole life. So yeah, it's amazing. But anyway, I'm so happy for you. And nearly two years down the line, look at where you are. It's so cool. It's bizarre. It is bizarre. It's, not, it's like putting those experiences, as you know, from your own life into actually doing it to help other people. It's such a, mm. such a, joyful thing to actually do to it's turn it into something so amazing so I really wanted to touch on that with you today so really really tragically four years ago Alice's sister very sadly died and then her daddy very sadly died this summer so Alice has really really been through the mill left right and center <laughs> up down everywhere <laughs> poor angel with such tragic tragic grief but she is an absolute beacon of light and wisdom. And honestly, it's just so lovely having you in front of me here. And so you have done so well sort of turning this great, great loss and sadness into something that, you know, is really, really helping so many other people. So can you tell us a little bit about how you would perhaps advise someone who is going through tragic grief turn turning this into power yeah absolutely I mean it's such a bizarre thing as you as we've talked about this in the sense of how can you move forward when something like that is just so like overwhelming and I think as you know I was dealing with stress from multiple angles at the same time originally with this my sister got ill my family's finances were going all over the place my dad's company was going to administration my family had to sell their homes and my dad got really severely stressed and subsequently depressed and my relationship was breaking up and it was just multiple multiple factors I was like right I really need to understand how to deal with stress and then subsequently grief and I really was looking for everything around me trying to control everything looking at all the outside factors of how can I change this? How can I, you know, get my dad to go to hospital to get a test for this? How can I change just what's gone on in sort of the physical sense of everything? And then I realised that was not going to work because we literally cannot control anything except ourselves. So I then started to look inward and to look at sort of deep, deeper connection to myself and a deeper connection to something greater. And that was the way I got through it. Mm looking Amazing. yeah inward instead of outward if that makes sense yeah total it makes total sense I was actually um not actually reading it I'm listening to Gabby Bernstein's new book Super Attractor I bet you've read it haven't you just finished it yeah love it. so good but she um quotes I think it's Eckhart Tolle when he says that if the things that are exterior, exteriorly in your life or materialistically in your life, if those are the things that are making you happy, then you are still, still, still really, really searching for happiness because actually if they're taken away, then you will be miserable. And it is one of those things where I think that when we all, I know I can hold my hands up for this because, you know, there are always moments when this happens, but if we are searching for our happiness in a sort of external way then we're never going to be truly happy within and actually it's about having that contentment inside you that whatever's going on obviously you know some days are going to be way way harder than others but just to remain centered and to remain in your peace and it's an absolute art and it takes a lot of 
daily practice to get there and my gosh you have been challenged more than most and yeah can you tell us a little bit about perhaps some of the things that you did to get yourself sort of looking inward yeah absolutely I think it's really interesting when you say that because when you were talking about that I reflected on how what a change I've actually experienced of being able to do that after my dad's died in comparison to being unable to do it straight after my sister because I wasn't at that stage of understanding any of this yet. Yeah. And although grief is such a, you know, upward, downward journey, I've still got a long way to go in different respects, but the tools I use for it now and understanding myself, it's been a lot, not easier process, but definitely a smoother process than really I was, when my sister died and other things, I was going out all the time trying to, plaster over just anything distracting instead of like we say looking inside looking inward and this time around I'm definitely learned from that and I really haven't been doing that which is it's a hard thing to do because you have to really move through the emotions but it's it's a lot more beneficial to you totally so I think the meditating was one of the biggest things for me to really just sit with myself and not run from myself Mm -hmm. is one of the best things for that Mm -hmm. and how how would you advise someone who is sitting with themselves who's having incredibly sort of dark thoughts and is really struggling to meditate is there anything that you would advise them to do when you know it really really does just seem so dark and like the meditation's quite tricky and right okay 100% journaling just get it all out of your head and onto paper you'd be surprised what will come out in those kind of moments Mm. and to be able to reflect and read back to your journey of how you're progressing in grief. It's really amazing to write it all down on paper and just Mm. journal on it. Just whether it's a question in the morning of saying, how am I actually feeling today? Or what is making me angry about this? Just little, what's the word, sort of triggers to remind yourself to check in with your feelings, but write it all down on paper. Mm. And it's actually so interesting, the whole act of writing when you sort of let go of controlling the words that you're writing and you actually let it come through for you, it's so interesting to see what comes out. I sometimes find that when I do my, whether it's um, just like a quick little letter or note to the universe to be like, hey, please, can you do this? Da, 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 or can I have this? Or whatever it might be. And sometimes it's really funny just to see like what is actually coming out of me and what I'm actually wanting and asking for. So yeah, definitely support from writing is so important and I think it really comes out of your heart space when you do that Mm. instead of your head space which is so important because we're so often trying to bargain with ourselves and our heads and our ego gets in the way and we think we're saying or doing what we truly want when it's actually coming from a very controlled side of us yeah so to just really go with whatever's coming out on the paper and just let it all out it's really amazing oh my gosh so amazing thank you so much I'm sure that will help many people so um Stress is obviously you've just you've previously touched on it and how much of a huge impact you watched it have actually on your dad in particular. Um, I know that before he died and before he was really ill, actually it was something that you in your coaching time so far you've been really trying to help. Um, actually, particularly men with, isn't it? Yeah, you're mainly coaching men. Yeah, yeah. So um, you've been really really focusing on that. So what do you? What are the impacts of stress on our body? I mean, the physical impacts is the obvious of sort of, you know, putting on weight. So when your cortisol levels raise, it wants to layer up as if you are fight or flight like a caveman. I need to store up for the winters. (laughs) Put on a layer of fat. 
it'll be backache, you know, not being able to sleep, fatigue, stomach problems. A lot of people get IBS. I know I have in the past. Um, if I'm going through something really emotional, my stomach will do something very strange, whether it's, you know, you know, throwing up or whatever. People's stomachs are so, as you know, like in tune to their feeling. So stress is so hard on my digestive system. Mm-hmm. Migraines. And then it's really... Well, also it raises your blood pressure, so people can end up having heart attacks. I've heard of people, you know, I had a client who came to me who said his dad had died from, you know, stress in the city and a heart attack eventually. And he just said, I don't want to be, I don't want to be like my dad and this, I need to change this. And I think it's just the repercussions of stress from the long term. People, it's so much better to prevent it rather than cure it. Mm. And obviously stress is not going to go away like the factors of life is stress and life it's going to happen life is stressful so I've watched as you say with my dad I think that old school mentality sadly of head down let's just deal with it my own way not talk about it not use any tools to process it all really really ended up manifesting in his body and he really slowed down and was having different troubles with you know back and then got early stage cancer but he didn't want to do anything about that because they weren't really growing and you know, everything was sort of going and then actually what caused him to eventually you know what we, what we lost him to was a giant stomach ulcer that burst internally and bled and caused multiple complications and you cannot say that's anything other than someone who's gone through chronic stress for five years and has a stomach ulcer you know the size of five inches you're like well what else is that but the physical symptoms of stress mm. So, yeah, it's just such an important, important topic for me, especially with men. Totally. And actually, it's really interesting because stress, when you're in a in a cycle of stress, it actually becomes the norm. And then you don't even realise how stressed you are when you then unstress yourself. Or you don't realise how stressed you've been until you de-stress. And it's crazy. It's so scary. And I know that sometimes, like, I, last year, about 18 months ago, when I was in the middle of hosting my chakra dinners, I remember I found the whole thing very stressful. I think that organising events, getting all of everything from like the napkins to the name places to like organising the food to the table to the this, that, to the speech that I was doing to what I was... Um, anyway, I don't even know. It doesn't even sound that stressful, but I don't know why I found it so stressful. I think because I wanted it to be amazing and I put so much pressure on myself for that and it was sort of my early stages of public speaking and things. And actually, before one of the dinners, I can't. I think it was one that you came to. Actually, I love. I walked into a lamppost yes. and I had concussion, <laughs> and I got full on concussion. And I did the event like totally concussed. And if I look back at the photos now, I look hilarious and just like all over the place. Anyway, it's so interesting because that for me was my universe, the universe telling me that I needed to slow down, and that actually I now don't do those kind of events because it doesn't suit my physical body it doesn't work for me it makes me feel very like I can't breathe and that's that's not right so it's also about acknowledging I guess in your life like what are the things that cause stress for you and then yes how would you advise someone like what can you maybe talk about a couple of the biggest points of stress aside from your dad maybe ones that you've worked through with clients anonymously of course yeah absolutely it's definitely it all comes down to a lot of pressure externally with work long hours pressures of keeping up with you know financial things especially after in banking industry 
after the financial crisis, a lot of people are trying to keep up with high mortgages they've had before the crisis and they can't really keep up with the life they have now. So they have a family and they have mortgages and they have school fees and they're trying to get better results and they're trying to turn up for their relationships, but they can't switch off when they get home. And then their wife thinks, you're not listening to me because they're not, because they can't get present because their mind has been spinning and spinning all day on numbers and in that very alpha male sort of environment of go, go, go. So it really is about understanding how to I always say to people it's three things for me so I call it PPI which is quite funny (laughs) love finance industry (laughs) so it's perspective presence and intuition so you have to shift your perspective on stress understand what's causing you the most stress and then how to change your perspective on it because at the end of the day we are the reaction to stress. It's not the actual stress that's causing you stress. It's your reaction, does that, if that makes totally, sense. Totally, absolutely, yeah. And then presence, which is obviously grounding yourself, getting present, coming back to you and ignoring what's going on around mm. you, not letting it hypen up all your cortisol levels. And then intuition, so getting back to your energy centre. And really, I think when you're already stressed, you damage your intuition, you don't listen to it. You're so in your head. So really coming back to your intuition, understanding your own energy and getting reconnected to your soul. Mm. And how are you finding working with men on that, with their intuition and things? It's amazing because I was wondering sort of how how far into that sort of energy side and intuition can you go? And it's really, I'm seeing such a shift in, so if I'd done a workshop, for example, I did at the NED and all the men who came up to me afterwards who wanted to talk about coaching and things, they all said, I really enjoyed like the holistic side of it. I'm really interested in the energy side. And I was Amazing. so shocked by that yeah. because I was like, you're an investment banker. How? It's really interesting. Yeah. There actually has been a study recently as well that was that um, investment bankers who were tapping into their intuition were getting better results in their work of so it's just so I mean, interesting yeah, exactly. yeah of following their gut instinct yeah that's so amazing okay I love that of course okay so you talk about actually no I thought on your Instagram I think you talking about talking ourselves out of stress so can you enlighten us all with a little bit about exactly what that is and how to do it yeah so one of the, obviously you have to pause and remind yourself to talk yourself out of stress because we always go on a negative spiral in stress, don't we? You've stubbed your toe before you know it. You're crying about the door not, not, door not opening. You missed the bus. You're late for work. You know, there's the negative spiral that can attach itself, but it was also in your mind. So one tiny thing, you can suddenly end up in a conversation with yourself that's gone from happy to negative 10 very, very quickly. So it's really about pausing stopping and then asking yourself these questions which I always say is will this matter in a day a week a month a year whichever aspect that is for you if if no (laughs) really go for a walk do something to calm yourself down and try to release it because you can't control it then if in if it is a yes it will matter then I always say what can you do about it that you have control of that you can change in that moment look at what you can actually action on it whether it's doing something for your relationship you know will make it feel you know make it better doing something that's actionable in your work but then also realizing that after you've done that you then have to walk away so there's a list of questions I sort of give clients to go Mm. through on their phones if they're having that moment but it really is partly about getting perspective with your questions about how great a stress is this actually and if it is great what can I do about it what can I not change and then I need to let go of 
Yeah, totally. And also, what do you think about sort of sharing your stresses? Do you think that, um, you know, talking about them with other people, or like, you know, I guess a coach or a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a husband, a wife, what, what do you think about um, that? Does that sort of affect your relation, your intimate relationships? Or what do you think is the best way for someone who perhaps is really dealing with so much stress but doesn't really know where to go and hasn't perhaps thought about coaching but, like, you know, might want to share? I think... There's a two-sided thing for that, isn't it? Because you can't. That's so good to share. To bottle up stress is really, really toxic for us. So to get it off our chest in whatever way that is, whether it's writing, talking to someone, walking, meditating, you know. On a side note as well, shaking your body is amazing to get rid of stress physically. Okay, so how do you shake? So like a like because of the zebras. Okay, so if a zebra is running away from, it's being hunted by a lion. After the run and they've actually managed to get away, they shake. They do a massive shake oh, now. I've never seen this. So that's the other. There's a whole book called um, Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers on, on the science behind stress. And it's about that sort of thing of the natural way to get rid of stress in the immediate sort of flight and flight situation. And one of the best things we can do if you're feeling extremely stressed, well, just drop your shoulders and your mouth gets really dry for stress. So wet your mouth with water or okay. saliva but then the other thing is shake. So okay. just tell your nervous system that the threat's over and you okay. do that by shaking. So if you shake your wrists, shake your, well, it's not shake your knees, but like jump with your knees and shake your head at the same time, if that makes sense. Okay. You're sort of bouncing. I think I'm going to take a video of you doing yeah. this afterwards <laughs> and I'm going to be posting it in line with the podcast because I don't know what you mean about shaking your knees. So I'm going to do this after. We'll do it but after. shaking your wrists, like I get that. We're, all, we're just both shaking our wrists right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah? So it is, yeah, doing those sort of things. Okay, amazing. God, I've never heard that. That's incredible. I love that, just that whole sort of physical shake it off. Actually, sometimes with my clients, what I'll do, this is something my mum taught me, always listen to her. <laughs> she will um, she will flick the energy off my back and actually, or I'll do it off my client's back or whatever, and it's so interesting. You can actually feel like stress and things being lifted off your shoulders again maybe this is something i'll show i did a little yeah. video of Do another one. <laughs> the podcast. but anyway it's really really interesting you can physically remove this stress and negative energy off you because we're all energetic beings 100 percent. and i think just going back to what you said to me originally is that to share there's a fine line because you must share to get it out but also we need to not give too much energy to stress in that we are giving it sort of extra positive power by going over it and over it and over it and over it and over it again yes. in whatever shape that is. So if you're constantly saying, reaffirming to yourself, I am so stressed, your brain's answer is yes to everything we say, positive or negative. Mm -hmm. So if you're going around saying, I'm really stressed, work's really hard, it, reaffirming anything negative and giving it more energy than it's going to expand. Yeah, totally. So in those situations, would you advise someone, I know it's like the secret and things, would you advise someone to literally turn it around totally and be like, I'm managing my work? Yeah, and just yeah. Have, a, have, have a very sort of assertive, re I can handle this. Yeah, re redirect it to something positive. Yeah. So this is extremely easy to me. Everything flows easily mm -hmm. just reframing it so mm -hmm. it's again reframing your perspective on your stress totally but sometimes I think that um you have to be quite careful with going from like an affirmation let's say of I am really stressed to I am finding this really easy because if you don't connect with that affirmation so it's even if you if you don't want to go straight to I'm finding this really easy or, or I'm not stressed at all or whatever I know you don't use the word stressed but I'm finding this really easy 
then you need to find something in the middle that helps you get there. So it's that affirmation of perhaps I'm doing everything I can at the moment to help myself or to ease. Yeah, absolutely. No, I completely agree with that. It's also on the Abraham's, Abraham Hicks emotional scale, which is, you know, is I think one to a hundred or whatever it is, but that anger and grief and fear, the, actually no, anger's above it, sorry. So fear and grief are really on the bottom of the emotional scale and joy and love and gratitude are at the very top. And there's all the ones in between. So anger's actually a higher emotion in terms of the scale than fear or grief so to reach up for the next level if you're feeling extremely stressed or you're in complete despair and you can't really see a way out of your stress just to reach up to that next level of emotion you'll eventually climb up higher and higher towards the good ones if that makes sense so to get to anger is better than feeling depressed for example yep Got it. Okay, I'm going to link that also in the show notes because I think that'll be really interesting for everyone to see the scale. It's such a good scale, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, love that. And, okay, the next thing that we definitely need to touch on because I am a culprit of this sometimes, but wearing stress as a badge of honour. Mm, actually, maybe I don't have it as stress so much, but I sometimes have it as being busy, which can be stress, I guess. But I really want to speak to you about this because I know that it's a hot topic. But what is, so what does it mean? Stress is a badge of honour. So it's such a thing, isn't it? This modern day of I need to be seen to be busy, to be doing X amount, to be seen to be getting the results, to be staying longer hours in the office. I'm so busy, I'm so stressed. That means that I must be doing a huge amount of work and I must be seen as being, doing really, being really productive and being really successful. So people have now attached a sort of really warped identity to stress with success so that, if I'm going to be successful, obviously I'm going to be stressed. That's just how I get there. And it's such a thing that needs to change because we are, as you know, 31% more productive mm-hmm. when we're calm and happy and in a happy headspace and when we're stressed and flustered. Mm-hmm. So it's really changing the topic, changing the conversation oh, yeah. around it. And you can still be busy and not be stressed. 100%. You can still be full, full blocked of days of work, productive and not be stressed. And just using little tools throughout the day to make sure you're coming back to yourself, whether it's breathing, diaphragmatic breathing. I say to clients, put like a labelled alarm in their phone. So mm. remind yourself to breathe five times a day. Because when we're stressed, we'll breathe from our chest instead of our stomach. And then your body's not getting enough oxygen and it's shutting down as if you are under threat again. <laughs> yeah, I'm so into that. I do that with all my clients. The belly breath. Love it. It's, you feel like Winnie the Pooh, but it's... Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> it's so great. But honestly, you know, within... Obviously, if one only has sort of a minute or so to do it, and then that's fine. But after about 10 minutes of doing that, you feel like a totally different person. And if I do it with a client, or if I do it in a workshop, and I do it for 10 minutes, honestly, the energy in the room just totally and utterly settles. And it is so amazing. So if you can cultivate that sense of peace within five times a day when you are feeling totally and utterly sort of stretched and stressed, then it's going to be literally working wonders. 100%. Mm, and lowering that inflammation. So needed. Um, but yeah, it's it's balmy, isn't it, that everyone, well, that lots of people are sort of rushing around, particularly when we live in a city like London. I've recently found myself speaking to people who actually don't live in London but come to London quite a lot for work. And they just say how crazy it is how in the countryside it's it's so mellow it's so calm and it's so chilled and people can kind of 
you can get the same amount of things done, but you just don't have that element of stress. And I think that because in a busy city, there are so many people feeling like this, essentially we're all absorbing it from one another, I think, a bit as well, unless you're really good at protecting your own energy and things. Yeah, and it is, as you say, we're all absorbing it. And that, again, goes to how are you reacting in a city that that's stress? So how are you going to change your reaction? Because, like we said before, stress is just your reaction. So if you're reacting to everyone in London being really busy and getting angry when someone knocks you on the tube and that affects your whole day, you really have to come back to yourself and really centre yourself throughout the day. Mm, Totally. Oh, my gosh, reactions. No, responding instead of reacting is huge. Yeah, it's just so It's huge. such a skill to just keep practicing yeah, and practicing and practicing. I've actually seen it with a few clients recently where they really have been enforcing this into their day-to-day. And it's so interesting how, you know, they'll come to me almost like bounding, sort of, that I did this and I managed to, like, respond in this way and I didn't do what I usually would have done. It's like, epic, it's so great. And it's it's life-changing, even though it is essentially quite a small change to make responding instead of reacting is just it's it's so empowering so So empowering so empowering um but this leads me on to chatting about energy we love energy we love energy (laughs) so much you've actually just come from your energy healer um but tell me okay so when did you actually get into energy I got into energy after my sister died I was seeing a therapist and at that time, that particular therapist wasn't working for me. Just, I think you have to have a special bond with a therapist. I now have a wonderful therapist for my dad, who I'm really doing great things with. And I think it's such a good thing to know that if you're not enjoying it, it's you need to try another one for the connection, because instead of just giving up on therapy altogether. But I was giving up on this therapist because we just didn't have the right bond. But for whatever reason, I was obviously meant to see her because she had a holistic practice. So she had a Reiki healer in the building. And she said to me, "You, I think you should try see the Reiki healer. I was like, what is Reiki? I didn't even know what Reiki was. At this point, though, I was in such despair about everything. I was like, I'll try anything. I don't care. So I went to see this Reiki healer in her building. And I realised after just three sessions the actual physicality of grief, the pressure of feeling like an elephant had sat on my chest, had disappeared and lifted. And that was just a complete revelation to me because my sister had been ill for four years and there'd been a lot of things going on. So a lot of stuff had built up and I hadn't actually realised how impactful that sort of tightness in my chest had been until she managed to release it. And then I just got hooked on energy healing and now I do Reiki myself and I just love it. Mm, it's so amazing. It's so, so amazing. But it's so interesting how um, when you're not aware of energy, I guess, you don't feel, you you probably couldn't feel what was actually on your chest and sort of weighing down my note. Obviously, I've spoken to loads over the last few years and there have been t- times where seriously, seriously, like you've been like, I've got that thing on my chest again, like I can't breathe properly and it's really sitting there and it feels so uncomfortable and like gross and whatever whether it's been a relationship or whether it's been trauma or grief whatever it's been you've always been able to now lift it off you and it's just it's so amazing well I'm so glad for you that you saw that therapist who you didn't perhaps get on so well with but I know it was definitely meant to be because I wouldn't have really got into energy in the way I had had I not started it on such an impactful part of my journey to see that difference so easily. But like you say, I just think it's so, so important. I think 
energetic intelligence should be taught at a really young age because we are all energy. Mm. That's what quantum physics science has shown us. You can't really deny the facts that everything solid or fluid is energy. So, so are you. <laughs> exactly. And actually, I was um, in this workshop I did the other day, I was talking about energy and how I like to see energy. So we have our mind, body and our spirit or our soul. And our mind, we are in tune with, the majority of us are in tune with. Our bodies, we can be in tune with, like, we can feel different things, we can feel how it works, we can do different physical activity and see how it performs, etc, etc. But our spirit and our soul, our energy, it's such a different ball game because I most people can't see energy physically and the way that I like to think about it is actually that we all have these little people above us so you have you Alice and then above you there is a little fairy or something above your head that communicates with my little fairy above my head and even when we're talking let's say for example I started saying something and you were thinking I know she's lying, like, I know she's not telling the <laughs> truth, but what would it be that made you think that, oh, it would be our little energies connecting with one another, and they are our, like, inner truth, they are our everything, and that's kind of the way that I like to look at, look at it, because you, I so get that sometimes when I'm talking to someone, and I'm like, I know what they're feeling, even if they're trying to portray something mm-hmm. else, or I know what they're thinking, even if they're saying something else, and I genuinely believe that that is my energy connecting with theirs. it's that expression of um, you can say what you want, but energy doesn't lie. Yeah, And you cannot lie with your energy. No, absolutely not. So let's say I know that a lot of my listeners will be into, or a lot of our listeners will be into energy, but I'm sure that there will be people listening who aren't so into it. So are there any kind of beginner tips and tools or things that you can recommend perhaps for someone to have a little play around to really sort of think about whether it's you know something that they want to get into or yeah I mean so a little sort of thing you can do just to understand that you have a bit of energy is to rub your hands together that and flex your fingers a few times rub it a few times and just slowly move your hands apart and just feel that sort of magnetic because you will feel something in your palms of your hand and just getting in tune with what actually energy feels like on that sort of level Mm. is a little sort of trick but actually looking after energy if you're going to start I would say everyone has a shower or a bath a day we hope and so that is the perfect time to cleanse your energy just as one practice that you're already doing during the day to set an intention if you're in the shower visualize a white light or a cleansing energy coming out down through the shower and cleaning off any stagnant energy that you've picked up off other people Mm. or passing by in London, all the stress and hustle. And just imagine that filtering over you as you're in the shower, close your eyes, set the intention that your energy is being cleared and cleansed away and it's washing down. It sounds mad, but it is. It's all all such a creative process. Totally, and actually... I said to my boyfriend the other day, he'd been at this conference with like 4,000 people and he came back and he was so exhausted. And I knew that, of course, it had been a really tiring day, but he also has incredible stamina. And so I knew that so much of why he was feeling so heavy and drained was because of being around that many people and constantly talking all day. So I said to him, I was like, just get in the shower and just wash everything off you. I was like, you will have picked up so many things. And 
do you know what? I was thinking, how's he going to respond to this? But actually, he was like, okay, cool. And actually, he felt so much better afterwards. Or I could I could even mm. tell that he felt so much better afterwards because of the way that he, like, looked. His eyes were a bit brighter and things. But it's so interesting, like, even if you go... Let's say you go on a night out and you go to a club and, like, there are like there's loads of alcohol and people are drinking and people are drunk and there's like all of the, I think energy when people are drunk is so I mean oh, I can't can talk about that in another episode yeah. maybe? <laughs> but it's horrible isn't it yeah well no I mean it's just different it's just different it's a whole different ball game but coming back from a night out shower or have a bath before you go into go into your safe space into your bed because that will cleanse your energy and it means that you are then sleeping in like purity rather than energy pajamas yeah <laughs> yes exactly anyway but yeah you're so right it's just that visualization yeah so the hand rubbing together and then the visualization of just letting it go and like that's why people feel so much better and more revived after a shower 100% and stretching is such a good energetic practice mm. so to move that particular energy center in your body mm. is you know the seven chakras to mm. stretch in that area whatever area you're stretching into in that chakra will help it release or not not be blocked in so much way so you can have more of a free flow so if you can stretch every morning that's one of the best energetic practices you can do I think amazing and that's actually really good for people who you know let's say you're away for work and you can't necessarily make it to the gym or you can't be doing your morning practice or whatever it might be you know just sitting down and doing five minutes stretching on the floor is a really good thing to so everyone knows how release. great they feel when they stretch yeah it's that whole it is just such a release oh, that's amazing so it's nice. so amazing I think I spend way more time stretching in the gym than actually on <laughs> one of the machines so. <laughs> oh Alice well it's been such a pleasure talking to you thank so you fun. so much for sharing everything and for just being such a wonderful person and a beacon of light to everyone so thank you so kind to have me I loved it I always learn so much from Alice and I hope this episode resonated with you and that you enjoy implementing her tools and techniques into your days. I know for one that I will be shaking my way through Christmas. You can find Alice on Instagram at Lawali Life, which is L-A-W-A-L-I-L-I-F-E. Thank you for being such loyal listeners over the past handful of months. I hope you all have a wonderful break and I'll be back in the new year with some more epic guests for season three. In the meantime, stay balanced. Stay balanced.